presented by Amazon. Good morning, Playbookers. I'm Raghu Munavalan. It's Thursday. Today, the January 6th committee preps for a primetime moment of truth. It's your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. This afternoon, President Joe Biden travels to Wilkes-Bar, Pennsylvania to talk about crime. And the White House is announcing a new Safer America plan that details how Biden would spend a previous congressional request for $37 billion to, quote, support law enforcement and crime prevention. The plan repackages several Biden initiatives and is most notable for its emphasis on hiring more cops and addressing the national uptick in violent crime since 2020. There's still a strong criminal justice reform element in the new Biden package. But check out some of the language the White House uses on the issue. Quote, funds the police and promotes effective prosecution of crimes. Keeps our streets safe. Hire and train 100,000 additional police officers. Solve murders so we can take shooters and other violent criminals off the streets. Crack down on other serious crimes. Tougher penalties for fentanyl tracking. Tackle organized retail theft. If you'd like to read the plan, we got a copy in this morning's playbook. Check it out at politico.com playbook. The eighth public hearing of the January 6th committee, though likely not the last, begins tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. It's expected to go on for about two hours and will focus on what Donald Trump did or refused to do for 187 minutes at the White House after his speech at the Ellipse and before he finally asked rioters to leave the Capitol. The committee aide said, quote, the story we're going to tell is that in that time, President Trump refused to act to defend that Capitol as a violent mob stormed it. Senior legal affairs reporter Kyle Cheney has been following the hearings for Politico, and he's here to talk about it. Kyle, how's it going? Uh, I'm, do- I'm doing well. We're in the midst of a pretty intense period here for the committee. Yeah, we're in the um, eighth public hearing. What do you expect? Uh, do you know who's testifying? Sure. So we know that uh, Matt Pottinger and Sarah Matthews, two White House aides, will be uh, on the panel discussing you know, being in the West Wing in, in those days leading up to January 6th and on January 6th itself. Uh, because that's the focus of the hearing is is what was happening inside the West Wing while the Capitol was being attacked, uh, while there were frantic calls to try to get Donald Trump to act and to get him to speak out against the riot and the violence, uh, mm-hmm. and they couldn't get through to him or he, 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 didn't re- he didn't listen. So they will talk about their experience, and there will be, I imagine, testimony and video of other people who were there that day. Um, I know that the eighth hearing was supposed to be kind of the uh, finale of this season, is what I like to call it. But now it seems like even after today's hearing, there's going to be more. Yeah, so it's not entirely clear what comes next. This was supposed to be the final public hearing. I think we now assume or, or expect that there will be a couple more surrounding the release of the committee's final report, or what may not be a final report, but more of an interim report uh, later in the fall. And uh, the committee has made pretty clear they they are still consuming an enormous amount of information. It's valuable and substantive information about things that went on uh, around the White House, around the Trump administration connected to January 6th, and they don't want to stop the flow of that information. Mm -hmm. So they're going to go as long as they can, as long as it's fruitful, and they may build new public hearings, new reports around whatever they learn later in the year. Yeah, it seems like, I mean, the only real deadline I can think of is just either the midterm elections or the new term of Congress in January, right? Other than that, there's probably plenty of things they can still get through. Exactly. And, and I think, again, you know, they, they're, they're just uh, diving into some new a- episodes and new pieces of the investigation that they learned recently, things related to the Secret Service and how they acted around Donald Trump and, and on January 6th. Uh, the deletion of text messages 
uh, that were relevant to this investigation at the Secret Service. So they're, they're just starting in on things like that, and information is coming in very quickly. So I think they view, as you pointed out, January 3rd, the end of this Congress, is their real deadline. That's the true deadline. And uh, everything else, you know, was just more conventional wisdom that has now kind of gone out the window. Yeah, you mentioned the um, Secret Service texts. For people listening, um, they might remember that after Cassidy Hutchinson's testimony in the sixth hearing, uh, one subject that came up was um, the Secret Service. And I know that text messages that were sent by the Secret Service around January 6th um, were requested. Um, what's the deal there? What's going on? So it, we're still learning a lot about this, but but essentially, you know, C- Cassidy Hutchinson helped shine a light on a very some very specific interactions by Donald Trump's lead Secret Service uh, agent uh, Robert Engel and Tony Ornato, who was a deputy chief of staff, but had was detailed to the White House from the Secret Service, which was unusual in its own way. You know, her testimony underscored that. You know, there's evidence out there from Secret Service agents that, that Trump was trying to get to the Capitol, trying desperately to get to the Capitol with his supporters, even while violence was underway, mm-hmm. uh, and and got angry when he was told he couldn't go. So that that's an interest, you know, an important piece of evidence for the committee. Uh, and those witnesses, those Secret Service witnesses, have testified previously to the committee, but not in as great detail as what Hutchinson describes. So. Uh, the committee wants to find out what the Secret Service knew about a lot of this stuff and some other things, too, that the Secret Service was doing on January 6th, you know, protecting Mike Pence at the Capitol, investigating the, the pipe bombs outside the DNC and RNC while Vice, Pre- Vice President-elect Harris was there at the DNC. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so there's multiple aspects, but the, these missing text messages that the committee's now stumbled upon, uh, they were told about by the, the Inspector General of the Department of Homeland Security, uh, have shined a whole new light uh, on their investigation. And so why are the, this batch of text messages missing and are they recoverable? Yeah, and almost it gets to your point that you mentioned earlier that like every time they go in a direction, they just uncover new information that requires mm-hmm. a whole other set of, you know, testimony, questions, witnesses, people to talk to, text to recover. recover. It's It seems never ending sometimes. Right. And, and you look, that's been the story of this entire investigation. But I think that the further along they get, the higher level those things are. You know, Cassidy Hutchinson was is the, was mm-hmm. the top aide to Mark Meadows, the White House chief of staff, and he's not cooperating with the committee. So she she unveils a whole slew of information about what Meadows was doing in this period uh, and and brings the committee much closer to the Oval Office than they had been. And, and all of this, so now that we're talking about the upper levels of the Secret Service, the upper levels of the White House with new information pouring in, whereas earlier in the investigation, they were they were not really in some of these rooms uh, with, with the high, these higher level aides. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Kyle Cheney, he's Politico senior legal affairs reporter who's been following the January 6th committee. Uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 12.35 p.m. Eastern, President Joe Biden will leave Washington for Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania. There, he'll speak about gun crime and saving lives at Mart Center at Wilkes University. At 4.30, he'll leave Wilkes Bar to head to Philadelphia, where he'll take part in a DNC fundraiser at 6.40. And at 8 p.m., Biden will leave Philadelphia, arriving in Newcastle, Delaware at 8.20. Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre will gaggle on Air Force One on the way to Wilkes Bar. Here's what's on the Vice President's calendar. At 9.45, Vice President Kamala Harris will leave Washington for Charlotte, North Carolina. There, she'll tour a community computer lab with people benefiting from the Affordable Connectivity Program. She'll deliver remarks at 1.30 about investments in high-speed internet. 
At 2.30, Harris will hold an abortion roundtable with North Carolina state legislatures. At 4.35, Harris will leave Charlotte to head back to Washington. The House will meet at 9 a.m. to take up the bill creating a federal right to contraception, with first and last votes expected between 10.30 and 11.30 a.m. Speaker Nancy Pelosi will hold her weekly press conference at 10.45. The January 6th committee holds its latest primetime hearing at 8 p.m. All right, for more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Rogu Munavalin. Have a good Thursday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. All employees should have the opportunity and tools to grow their careers, regardless of where they start. That's why Amazon is offering nine different programs designed to help employees advance their careers at Amazon and move them into higher paying jobs. Learn more at aboutamazon.com.